So the matter is very close to you in your mouth and in your heart to do it. What I want to do in this shir is to read the Meshechachma's comment on this section of the Pasuk and to try to understand the significance of his comment and along the way to try and provide a model for reading the Meshechachma. Over the past six months, I've learned one comment a week of Meshechachma with a student at JTS named Max Buchdal. The learning has made me realize how deceptively Karovelai, close to me, Meshachachma often seems. It's not until the second or third time through that I understand how little I understood the first time. Meshachachma strings together familiar quotes on a theme, and I sort of nod my head until I remember to ask why these specific quotes in this order, and then often everything stops making sense, and sometimes I put it back together again, and sometimes I don't. I think that this week I managed to put it back together, and so I thought it would be worthwhile to try to convey the process of this week's successful reading. Uh, with one caveat, um, when I first put it together, I did not have access to the notes in Ruf Cooperman's wonderful edition. Uh, I'll quote it because um, I found it uh, afterward. Max actually sent it to me. Um, and generally, the notes are extremely helpful. So the Dibra Matla Meshachachma is Chachma is this phrase, Beficha o Vilbavcha la Soto from Dvarim 3014. And his commentary apparently consists of three quotes and then one remark of his own. Between the first and second quote, you have the word Hainyan. So here are the quotes. Um, this first he quotes Hataranik Nalachem Bichtavov Alpeh, that's Rashi. Hainyan is Ki Talmutara Kenege Kulam. Talmutara Kenege Kulam is a quote from Peya Perak Aleph Mishn Aleph. And then he quotes That's Yerushalmi Brachot Perak Alpha Bet. Then he makes the remark, Independently, each of these elements seems straightforward. I'm going to translate them in what I think is the way most people would translate them out of context. So the Rashi says, um, the Torah was given to them in writing and orally. Then um, the Mishnah in Peah says right, uh, that because the Torah of study is equal to them all, kulam, right, it's, it's equal to all the other mitzvot. Um, then the Yishalmi in Brachot says that if you learn with the intention of not doing, better, better for him had his placenta uh, flipped onto his face and suffocated him at birth. Um, and then finally... Finally, Meshachachma himself says, um, this is in your mouth and in the manner that is in your heart to do it. This is that you learn with your mouth and your thought is to do it. Um, right, so each of these elements makes sense. And just reading it the first time, you say, okay, Meshachachma is saying something unexceptional about the um, the need to learn Lishma, and Lishma means Lasot. But on reflection, there is no flow at all. How does the Rashi relate to the verse? Uh, in your mouth, Beficha fits well with Torah Shabal Peh, but Bilbavcha, how does that relate to Torah Shabichtav? Right? Torah Shabichtav is not in your heart more than oral Peh, it's on paper. Uh, secondly, what's the relationship between this idea that there's a Torah Shabichtav and Torah Shabal Peh and they're both given to you, and the idea of Talmud Torah Kenegi Kulam? Why does one quote the other? Right? Why does one lead to the other? Um, and then having Either of those two, how do they relate to the idea of, of uh, needing to learn the Torah Almanash Lola? So, this is as if you've never been born. First of all, there are lots of parts about 
uh, right? Lots of, lots of statements about the evils of learning Torah Shalom Why does he quote specifically the, um, the one that emphasizes that it's better not to have been born? I understand the verse says La'asoto, but we're just stringing together right, things unrelated to the verse. What's going on? And um, finally, right, what is, how does Meshachachma, um, who seems redundant, right? It says, uh, this is in your mouth in a way which it's in your, your heart to do it. That means in your heart, with your intent, with in your mouth, within your intent, with uh, with intent to do it. What's Meshachachma adding? How does all that relate to anything that goes previous, that, that occurs previously? Okay, so we have four statements, right? Four, four, um, four elements, three quotes, each unexceptionable, but they don't seem to be adding anything. At the end, we don't know how he understands the verse. We don't understand why he felt compelled to comment on the verse. Why not just say, okay, the verse says it should be in your mouth, and you have to have in mind to do it. So the solution begins, I think, by checking the citation of Rashi. Um, this will tell us that while Meshachachma's Dibur HaMaschil was in your heart, in your in your mouth, and in your heart to do it, Rashi is actually commenting on the first part of the verse, for the matter is very close to you. So Rashi is certainly not using the Ficha Ovil Vavcha in your, heart, in your mouth and in your heart to refer one-to-one -one correspondence that Ficha means in your mouth, that's Tarsh Valpeh, and Vil Vavcha means Tarsh Vichtav in some way written Torah. That's certainly not what he means. What Rashi is saying is Karove Lecha Hadavar. That, right, what is the Devar that is Karove Lecha, Tarsh Vichtav, and Tarsh Valpeh? Now, what does Rashi mean, or what did Meshachachma think that Rashi meant? Uh, that's not clear to me. The Sisa Chachamim suggests that the reason Tarsh Bichtav is Karov Elecha is because we were also given to Rashi Valpeh. Right? That because God gave them together, therefore it's Karov Elecha. If God hadn't given us Tarsh Valpeh, then even Tarsh Bichtav uh, would still be in Shemayim, would still be uh, in heaven, because we wouldn't know what it meant. Maybe that's what it means. I'm not sure. Um, does that help us understand why Meshachachma quotes the Rashi to start his comment? Not so much. Um, I suggest that Meshachachma quotes it for a negative reason. He quotes it to prove that Beficha doesn't mean Torah Shvalpeh, because Rashi said that the verse is talking about Torah Shvichtav and Torah Shvalpeh together. Right? That's Meshachachma's first, the first stage of the thing of his quote is just to prove to you that Beficha has to mean all of Torah and does not relate to Torah Shabbat Peh by itself. Okay, so then what does it mean? So I think that here the key is a text that Meshachachma does not actually cite, and that's right. That's really tricky. Um, although I think it is um, the basis of his final statement. Uh, the Gemara in Erevin, uh, page fifty-four A, derives a series of Amoraim, quotes a series of Amoraim, each of whom derives from a separate verse the importance of studying Torah out loud, right, of, of expressing the words with your mouth. The, um, one of the derivations is Rabbi Yitzchak, and Rabbi Yitzchak derives it from our pasuk. Right, so he says, um, is really, I think, not clear to me, but I think he's translating key as not as because, um, but when, right, when is the Torah not in Shemayim? When it is close to you, meaning that it is in your mouth, meaning that you are saying it out loud, right? So the, right? So what? Um, so Meshachachma, I think, has this in his mind. I think he's linguistically that uh, so I think his whole reading is going to be trying to figure out why they finished the pasuk in that gemara. And now we know 
because if he has that Gemara in mind, that Beficha, once it doesn't mean Torah Shabbal Peh, what it means is the recitation of both Torah Shabbal Peh and Torah Shabbal out loud. Okay. So now Meshach Chachma, I think, is asking, assuming that's correct, so we understand why Torah is Karobi Lecha when it's Beficha, what is the relevance of Bilbavcha La'asoto? So, Explain right to explain that he has to right he has to quote the uh, the Mishnah and Psachim the Yerushalmi and Brachos. Um, what he says is, right, having quoted Rashi, he says Be'inian. The Indian is that there is an apparent contradiction between um, Peah and Yerushalmi Brachos. So what's the contradiction? Why don't we just say Talmud Torah is greater as long as it's in your mind to do it? The answer is, I think, that Meshachachma's understanding Keneged Kulam in context, not as meaning that it is equal to all of them together, but as meaning that the study of Torah equals the doing of the, of the mitzvah, and therefore, given a choice, you, right, you might as well just keep on learning Torah. You don't have to do the mitzvot. But then, the odd thing is, if it's really the case that Talmud Torah is Keneged Kulam, meaning that learning about the mitzvah is right accomplishes the same thing as doing the mitzvah <coughs> so why is it important to t- intend to do them um, so the answer i think uh for meshachachma is that he says um in several other places um for example in the introduction to uh, to sefer shmot that the learning of torah could be done by disembodied souls you don't need a body to learn torah so why did god give the torah to embodied souls I gave the Torah to embodied souls because our learning has an advantage over the learning of disembodied neshamos or of uh, right or of malachim or of angels, is that we can intend to do them. They can't even intend to do them because they don't have the bodies with which to fulfill them. Therefore, since the purpose of giving us of of giving us the Torah was to enable was to give us this facility of learning with intent to do. Therefore, if you learn without intent to do, you might, it's better not to have been born because your, bo- your embodiment accomplishes, um, accomplishes nothing. I'm going to go back to the opening with Rashi saying that God, means that God gave us the Torah. And Meshachachim says that means that God gave us the Torah to us in bodies. And, but as bodies, what we, um, as bodies, what we have, what, what um, we have to do is say the Torah out loud with our bodies. And when we do that, it's keneged kulam. It's as, um, as if we have done all the other mitzvot, so long as we do it with intent. Right. So the Meshachachim reads the verse as kikarov elecha hadavar hadavar. When is the tor- when is the Torah close to us? Not because when is Torah close to us? When it is beficha, right? when it is in your uh, in your mouth. And let's read let's read his uh, his comment again. Kikarov elecha hadavar. Kikarov elecha hadavar me. Meod right, and that right. When is that? That is when it's when when it's in your in your mouth. Beofan in a manner when it's in your heart to do it, and he then repeats it. Pushatelo that means that you're speaking the words of Torah. and your and your thoughts are to do it. So, what I think the um, the overall the overall point is as uh, as follows. Is that 
the Torah is given to us and therefore close to us in Anishamayim. When we learn the Torah, um, taking advantage of our physicality, which means that we use our bodies to say it, and that, and we use our minds <coughs> while saying it to have intent to do it, even if we never actually do it. Now that's a really interesting thing, right? Because the the overall point here in Meshachachma is to tell you that it's enough the to fulfill your purpose in learning Torah. Um, so this is tricky because it may sound like he's engaging in the kind of thing like Yishalacha, where it's just study. Uh, but I think that the differences between this and Rabbi Salvatric's Yishalacha are really important. The Yishalacha approaches Torah and applies it to the world intellectually. Um, what the Meshul Chachma says is that when you study Torah, there's a, you're supposed to intend to do it, and what he must mean is that, right, since he doesn't focus on, on, on actually doing it, I think here we have Ravluchensky's great word on Osek Mitzvah, Patrib and the Mitzvah, that the reason, um, the reason you have to do a Mitzvot is because it would undermine the Lishma of your Torah if you didn't do it, um, right? That's like the, the ultimate intellectual notion that uh, action is only necessary in order to... Uh, in order to avoid undermining speech, it's not that right. It's not that speech leads to action. It's that action is necessary to sustain the sincerity of speech. I think Meshachachma says is that there's an experiential difference in learning Torah when it can be done practically, and learning Torah when you can't. Right. So in this case, it's the inverse of the shalacha that it's not clear what the Meshachachma to me in this reading does with the position that the Ben Saramora and other mitzvot never happen because if you can't think about doing it so then you're not having the same you're not having the same experience um, now he doesn't tell you what the nature of that experiential difference um, is it might be that it's parallel in some way to the difference between saying that something is halacha and saying that something is halacha um, that that Saying that learning something whether or not in the end your psak is the one that is carried out, but learning with the intention of reaching a decision that other people can rely on or that you could rely on, but I think that's more that's la'asot. Um, for other people to rely on in some sense, it changes the the quality of your learning. It adds a degree of responsibility to it. So it could be that's what meshechachma uh, means that. Um, so you have to learn Torah with the sense that it's intended for action because that's different than learning Torah otherwise. Uh, in the uh, in in the um, the series that, that on my uh, on my blog that um, in the ongoing series on my blog uh, about um, whether you can use um, cases which reconstruct the circumstances in which the Gemara says Afkinu that you can that marriages are retroactively annulled. Uh, deliberately in order to solve issues of mamzerus um, or uh, to free agunot. Um, so there's a, a position that I'm not going to think of very favorably necessarily in that context, but I think is abstractly very useful, uh, in which somebody tells the story uh, of Rabbi Yisrael Salant saying about his Rebbe, Rabbi Zundel Salant, that he learned all four chalakim of Shulchan Aruch, and he says, what's the big chiddush? And the answer is, 
um, to some degree that when he learned everything he learned, he learned halacha lamasa. He learned with that degree of responsibility. Uh, so we'll talk about uh, you know on the on the blog, and maybe I'll turn it, that into a podcast as well. That learning with responsibility doesn't necessarily mean being machmir. It might very well be um, learn to be makil because you understand that other people bear the consequences of your actions, right? So you have you have, con- you have responsibilities both towards Hashem and towards people. Uh, right? The Sholem Eichev, I think, says that um, given a choice between machmir and being makil, being machmir, and if the if the chumrah would hurt somebody and the kula would help somebody, so he quotes uh, the pasuk right, nitla nabi Hashem that it's safer to uh, to sacrifice um, God's interests for human beings and to sacrifice human, human interests uh, for God because God will forgive you. But uh, human beings are less likely to be merciful. Obviously, like you know, everything else, that that doesn't mean that you that um, that you always prioritize human beings over God. But it means that on balance, when you're talking about risk assessment. Uh, that being machmir is not necessarily a safer choice uh, than being mekil, even if you might think the costs are not directly to my soul, but the costs, are, but other other human beings' costs uh, matter. In any case, going back to Meshulchachmas, I think that's Meshulchachmas' point that the um, that kikarov elecha hadavar is a when, not a because, and what it means is that the Torah is close to you when you involve your body in studying it. Even, uh, even though if you really do so and with the intent to carry it out, whether you carry it out or not is not necessarily relevant. And the story in terms of reading Meshach Chachma is, A, well, I have to, you, know, you have to check the Rashi, or at least the Rav Cooperman notes, because you would think he's quoting the Rashi on his Zibra Matchil, but actually he's quoting the Rashi on an earlier part of the Pasuk in order to set up his Zibra Matchil, uh, that you have to look up how Chazal understand this Pasuk, because the whole thing is built on the Gemara in Erevin that says Beficha means out loud, and he never quotes that at all. Um, that he's not just quoting a stam piece about the about uh, how Torah has to be learned Almanat Lasot, but he is quoting the one which Dafka says it's better not to have been born because his whole point is that we're trying that um, we're trying to explain uh, what the right, what the advantage is of embodied as opposed to disembodied Torah. He's understanding connected kulam, not meaning as is equal in worth to them all, but is, but accomplishes the same thing as, and he's doing all this in the context of a general philosophic position. So it looks like three uh, three random quotes and uh, and his own remark, uh, but actually the quotes aren't random; they're very precise. But you have to look, uh, you have to look at least one of them up in order to understand why it's precise. You have to have seen a text he didn't cite, and you have to have some sense of his philosophy in general. Um, which you can also gain by you know by Barilan searching for the right phrases and the right psukim in his work. Uh, so I hope that this is helpful both substantively and methodologically, and I wish everyone a Shabbat Shalom and a Shana Tovah.